Cause I don't give a fuck what you say Yeah, I'ma do shit my way So you can go kick rocks I'ma stack bricks up Build what I want to make Yo, I got a lot of shit to say So I'ma do this every day I'll be writing things until I'm fucking buried in my grave Hello Hello peoples Peoples of the interwebs Citizens of the universe Friends of Veridora, welcome and welcome, Adam. It's good to <laughs> good see evening. you. Good to see you. So, what shall we talk about tonight? Well, I think we're going to talk about Antarctica, aren't we, Adam? That sounds a good choice. Yeah, and some of the weird things that go on there. It's part two of our, our visit to Antarctica, right down to the bottom of the earth. So, um, just have a quick look through. I see we have Shalini in the chat, Julie, Red Eye. Um, who else we got? Julie, Andrew's Julie. there as well. Andrew, Andrew. There. Andrew, yep, cool. Dun, dun, dun. Looking good. So, got a few viewers. Right, okay. So, um, let's kick off with um, we'll kick off, we'll kick off with that strange one that I found the other night when I was. I was actually drifting off to sleep and I had YouTube on with some... Uh, you ever watched any of Greg Braden, Adam? No, not no, at all. He's a friend of Graham Hancock, actually. and I mean, he does a lot on Gaia, you know, that uh, other channel thing? Yeah. So he does a lot on Gaia and um, he, he's into the whole kind of... Not mysticism as such, but I think he's very much like... A, um, what would you call it? Not new agey, but... He's he's into he's into like there is more to life than you think there is and you know you you there's different what would you call it um you know dimensions and things and I think he's a a firm believer in the kind of you know you're here for an experience and you're going to take that somewhere else when you move on so he's that kind of guy but he does he he does um he knows Graham Graham Hancock. And he's, he's quite based, although I made him sound a bit airy-fairy, but I think he's quite based because he does a lot based on evidence and things. And he mentioned he mentioned a group that um, a group of filmmakers that disappeared in, in Antarctica in 2002. Right. And he said they were from UCLA. And yes, there does appear to have been a group of filmmakers from UCLA that went to Antarctica. But after that, you can't find anything else out about them. I find it very difficult to find anything. Um, and the only stuff I got was a couple of guys who had done some kind of um, follow-up on it, and they were saying that, yeah, they, they had gone missing, and um, a SEAL team had been sent out. To, and it, so I, I'm going to digress slightly here, but here's the thing about Antarctica that I don't understand, because Antarctica is meant to be for peaceful purposes only, yeah? Right? Yeah. And it should all be scientific research. There's no exploitation of the resources or the or anything that's there, you know. It's all scientific research. So why is there so many military people in on on Antarctica? Because it's like, mm. in some respects, I think it might even be 50-50, and we'll come on to that. But anyway, so apparently a SEAL team went out looking for these guys, and then they didn't find them, but they found a they found a, a construction. I wouldn't say a shack because apparently it was more substantial than that. But they found a construction in a dry area of the interior 
There you go. And when you when you say things like that, you think you think of Anta Antarctica as completely covered in ice, and um, and it's not. Antarctica's, uh, I think, it is the driest continent in the world. In some places, it's close to zero humidity. Um, wow. And it's basically a desert. And, you know, around McMurdo and things like that, they have sand dunes. They have huge sand dunes that are free of ice. And the sand dunes move about one and a half metres a year, you know, because of the wind, because you get some horrendous winds down there. Because there's really, once it starts circling around the bottom of the world in the Southern Ocean, there's nothing to stop it. So, um, and that's why the Southern Ocean itself is a bit of a trial and tribulation to get across. So, so that's really interesting, John. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, so, um, so they they found um, <laughs> they're alleged to have found a videotape. So we're now going into like the Blair Witch or something where they found you know a found footage thing. And when they went back to McMurdo and viewed the videotape, they said it was things like. Um, it appears that they'd found uh, almost a city under the, the ice um, and they had footage of this and this was on the videotape but thereafter the videotapes disappeared and no one's followed up on it so it's all been kept quiet. But I mean, Greg Braden did go on to say that the parents of the um, of the people that are, of the students that went missing are still trying to find out what happened to them because they can't get anywhere. They're not getting anywhere when they approach the government and nobody's really helping them to try and find out what happened. So I think they're just they're just supposed to accept that these kids are just written off. They just died and they're probably frozen somewhere in, in, in Antarctica. It's a strange one, though, because, as you know, nobody really gets to go to Antarctica because... You know, cruise ships only get to go to that little bit near the Ross Ice Shelf, don't they? You know, and, or the Weddell Ice Shelf. They only get to go to that little bit. You know, and you can go and see, you can see Antarctica and you can maybe go and stand on a bit there. But that's the only bit you're allowed to go on. The rest of it's like off limits. Nobody goes near it. And and when people try and go there on their own, like, I can't remember his name, but it was a Norwegian guy who was desperate. He knew he he was he was that it was an all-consuming passion for him. He thought he thought there was something going on in Antarctica, and he was desperate to get down there and and find out what was going on. So he he got his own boat together, and him and his mates sailed down to Antarctica, and promptly got arrested and sent back to Norway, <laughs> where they, where they put him in jail. And he gets out of jail after a year or so and does the same thing and gets arrested again and gets sent back to Norway where they put him back in jail. And it's like, why are they jailing him in Norway when he's committed no real crime other than trying to go somewhere, you know? That's odd, isn't it? It is odd, isn't it? But then, then next time he goes, does the same thing, gets a boat together, gets funding and all that, heads down and just disappears this time. Never to be seen again. Gone. Right. So he's just gone. Dis disappeared. Um. So did his boat sink, or I mean, he'd been there twice already and managed to navigate the Southern Ocean without sinking. But this time, um, he either never got there, or something happened to him when he got there, or you know, the boat sank in a way back, or whatever. But or or 
maybe he found the the entrance to the hollow earth and he's chumming it up with our lizard brethren. <laughs> he could be down there. He could be. He maybe thought, hey, it's better <laughs> down here than it is up there, so I'm just going to stay in the hollow earth, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, we're laughing, but hey. I wouldn't put it back. I mean, let's face it. If you found there was an escape route to a hollow earth, wherever, well, it was a land of milk and honey, would you come back? Would you? It depends if it was nice down there. That's what I mean. If it was a land of milk and honey, would you come back? No. Well, no, no. I mean, just looking around Google Maps at Antarctica right now, and there are no Google Maps reviews. Um, <laughs> there are no photos mm -hmm. uh, of any sites. Pretty, I mean, there's one photo of one place, but that's it. So nobody has clearly been there. Yeah. Um, Dermont Derville Station in Antarctica, that's labelled on here, but there's no photos, no reviews there from anybody that stayed there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Airbnb all... have any locations in Antarctica. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, why all the secrecy? Why all the secrecy? Yeah. You know, really. Um, so, and, and why all the military personnel? And mm. and we can move on. Well, well, we'll move on to the military personnel in a minute. But so in 2019, there was a military flight going to um, Antarctica from Chile. Uh, yeah. A Hercules C-130 with 38 people on board. I think around about 20 scientists. The rest were military. So there always seems to be about 50-50 when it comes to scientists and military, you know. So anyway, um, they're heading out across the fly out of Chile. They're, they've flown about seven or eight hundred kilometers, so they're about halfway there or something like that. And apparently, they lost communication with the plane, and that's it. Planes just disappeared. They can't find it. Can't find the plane. Can't wow. find any wreckage. No trace. Just gone without trace. So what happened to them? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's an odd place, isn't it? There aren't many places like Antarctica. No, there aren't. There aren't. Um, and the Southern Ocean, as I've said, is a, a very treacherous body of water. Um, but yeah, yeah, very interesting. So, um, and then, then there's, uh, there's, there's the weird things that happen. Like, I mean, the last time we spoke about Antarctica, we talked about the Russian guy who just lost it over a game of chess and killed someone, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Took offence to the guy's move. They had an argument, and he ended up killing him with an ice axe, I think, through the heart. Yeah, so, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit extreme. So uh, now you're back. Chess is banned in the Russian base. <laughs> <laughs> you can still have vodka, but you're not allowed to play chess. <laughs> I can understand getting frustrated with games, but, you know, that's a bit much. Yeah, it's going a bit far. So um, I tell you ah, what, let me I've see. actually found some oh, reviews, John. Good, good. Scott's Hut. Yeah. There are 381 reviews in Scott's Hut. So let me have a look at those reviews. Oh, that, that, right, because they left Scott's Hut pretty much untouched, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Is that not on South Georgia, though? Is that not in the Falklands Islands? No, that does appear to be in Antarctica. Oh, right, okay. That's in Ross Archipelago. Right, okay, yeah. Aye, because there's islands dotted amongst the ice shelf, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, right, there's where you lots chatting? of rather comedy... I think the reviews are comedy reviews rather well, than actual reviews. If you, if you want to read some of them out, feel free to do so. I'm going. What I'm going to do is I'm going... Oh, 
I'm sorry, I apologise. Chaz has popped in. Hello, Chaz. Um, so, <laughs> what are you doing there, Chaz, you rascal? Let, let, let's get Adam back. <laughs> um, where would he be? Where would he be? You'll have to bear with me, people. Why can't I see Adam? <laughs> I'm gone. I'm gone. Hey, yes. Oh, here we go. Hold on. Is this a... There he is. There we are. We've got Adam back. Great. So we're getting there. We're getting there. I know I'm a, I'm new to this sort of game, so you've got to bear with me. You know, I haven't been, I've only been working in IT since 2000. Um, let me see if we can, we can do a little bit of sharing, can't we? Uh... I shall add this. So anyway, do you want to read out some of those reviews while I'm mucking about here? Well, the first one's a comedy review that says, Place was okay at best. Don't want to ruin the fun for anyone, but there are strange things that happen at night. Some of our group got lost and were never found. Luckily, we found an abandoned ship a couple of miles offshore and made it safely back home to Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> and the, the, the other one is Gary Pankhurst, who actually looks like he's been there because he's taken two photos. Uh -huh. um, this was nearly our furthest south point of our trip. Stunning weather and so privileged to see this historic 1902 hut. We had just been inside Scott's hut at Cape Evans that he built in 1911 because this hut was too cold and he had problems with his ship being trapped by ice here. This hut is actually known as Discovery Hut. That's cool. Right. Let me, um, let me chop this down to size. So is it... Uh... <laughs> Not interfering with our viewing pleasure. What is that, John? That, right? That is the snow cruiser. Wow. Right, so that's the Antarctic snow cruiser that was designed for a a trip to the South Pole in the thirties, I believe. Right? And they took it. They took it to Antarctica, right? Look at uh, it, right? It was it was gigantic, thirty seven tons, right? This was America. So it was thirty seven tons. Um, now, where is it? you could mount a plane on the back of it as well. Oh well, yeah, the, the they took their own plane with it, right? So. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it is like something a boy's own eye. Oh, this is quite good. This is how it crosses crevasses. This is how it was designed to cross. <laughs> That's a neat machine. Look at the tyres on that. Yeah, 10 feet tall. Oh, are you people not hearing that? I don't think, I don't think the people are hearing that. But yeah. anyway, that's how it crosses crevasses, so that's quite interesting. So, yes. I mean, it's hard to believe, but this thing was real. Um, and they drove it from Chicago, where it was built, to Boston. To <laughs> This is like getting driven, you know. I mean, this is 1930, 37, 38, something like that. Mm -hmm. Or no, 1939, I think it went, right? I mean... Do you want some details, John? About what? 
um, about its capacity and what it what the sort of speeds it could get up to and things oh, like that. Oh, speed was terrible. It could only do like um, it could only do like you know 30, 30 kilometers an hour or something. It was absolutely well. It, it caused the world's biggest traffic jam on the approach to Boston. <laughs> 70,000 cars in a traffic jam behind it. It was supposed to take wow. eight days to travel from Chicago to Boston, and it took three weeks. So That's amazing. 37 tons, uh, two big Cummins diesel engines, but the, the engines didn't power the wheels, right? Ah, okay. Each wheel was powered by its own electric motor. Right. right. So I mean, that's 1937. Tesla's not new, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is exactly how a Tesla works, apart from the fact it's a battery instead of a diesel generator. But so, yeah. So uh, each wheel had its own 75 horsepower electric motor, 37 tons. Wow. So it works out at eight horsepower per ton to move it. The thing was going nowhere fast. And you saw the wheels on it. The tires were the tires yeah. were from uh, swamp buggy racers, right? Because they were yes. robust and would keep it afloat if it got into slushy snow. But they had no tread. So when they got to Antarctica, the thing was going nowhere. They couldn't. They, when they took it off the boat, well, watch them taking it off the boat, right? Here we go. Crump. It's amazing, isn't it? The, the technology <laughs> they can build. <laughs> so, so, so they hadn't really tested that or anything, anything. So, once they got it to Antarctica, it couldn't go anywhere. That was that. Um, they 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 managed to do like a hundred kilometer circuit round the base by running it in reverse, right? And eventually, <laughs> eventually, they parked it up and used it as a a, a stationary office, basically, you know. And because it was supposed to, five guys were meant to be able to live in that for a year. It was supposed to drive wow. right the way across Antarctica through the the South Pole and everything, but they never, they can never, they could never do it. So there you go. That's what was what the happened. problem with it then? Well, the problem was it was too heavy. It wasn't designed for the terrain it was in, really, um, and they needed decent tires that they just didn't have. So. You'd think with those big tyres, it could spread its weight. Yeah, it could spread its weight, but the problem was the tyres were smooth. There was no tread on them. So <laughs> they were just spinning its wheels. They are just sitting yeah. spinning wheels. So um, they parked it up in the Ross uh, ice shelf near McMurdo Base, and um, it's either still there or it's fallen into the sea and gone forever. Um, but no matter what happened, it's buried under tons of snow by now. You know, So... So that was, um, it was, it really was like something out of a, a Flash Gordon movie, wasn't it? It was quite cool. That is cool. That's cool that they could build that back then. And, yeah. you know, now if we attempt that sort of thing, it's like big news, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, it's just, um, it's so it's so cool. And then they even doubled up the, they doubled up the wheels at the front to see if they could make it go better. And that's when they realised it went better in reverse than it did going forward. So they did this 140 kilometre trip in reverse. Which was even slower than going forwards. So, absolutely <laughs> mental. So there you go. There you go. That's a cool vehicle. I want one. Yeah. But then the Russians. The Russians. Have you seen the Russian one? Right. No, I haven't. Oh, so here's. So the Russians. 
the Russians come out with these Antarctic cruisers. So these um these big Antarctic cruisers were were used in uh, used in Antarctica, and they were quite successful, I think. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, they look like the ones it's out of the thing, aren't they? Towing a sledge. And yeah, see, yeah. They were smart. Yes. The Russians put tracks on theirs. That's right. So, I mean, everything, and they seemed to work pretty well, but. Um, so that I think there's still, I think there's still one of them down there. It's like the American ballpoint pen, isn't it? And compared with the pencil that the Russians took to space. Yeah, yeah. That's some size, isn't it? <laughs> it is. The Kharkov Chanka. Yeah. Kharkov Chanka. Code name four oh four. Pretty cool. Yeah. So it's a yeah. beast, isn't it? Uh, it's a big beast. So they were, they drove, I think they drove a crew of them right across from the Russian base to the American base, which is right on the other side. So, uh, what seems to have gone quiet? What, what are we talking about? Is that us or the Russians? What, Perhaps it's the Russians. Quiet? It's great for shifting just up. Oh, yeah, it would be, yeah. Um, yeah. So, there you go. There you go there. The Soviet big massive tractor, right? Um, oh, the chat rooms, the trolls oh, talking just about just a while. So, um, right. So, where were we? What were we talking about? Right. So, the next one we want to talk about is the military presence. Yeah, and we want to. Think, yeah, I think I want to talk about this guy. What's his name? Um, Eric. Where is it? Eric Leo. This guy, Eric Hecker. Eric Hecke from Raytheon. Yeah, so, right. That's not him. That's him. So this guy... That's the interviewer, isn't it? No, that's, that's Eric Hecker, this guy, right? Yeah. So this guy... <laughs> with the strangely zipped up top. So this guy was a, <laughs> was a contractor for Raytheon um, who was a plumber, right? <laughs> who was a plumber and apparently a fire marshal. But he basically said he had free run of the base and he, he got to see all the different things that they were doing and what they were using them for and stuff like that. And one of the things is meant to be a neutrino detector. So they're trying to catch on neutrinos as they come through all that ice and they put detectors in and when they hit the ice, the, the ice flashes. So that's when they know that a neutrino has passed by and hit a, a particle because... The trainers have very, very little. You know, they normally just go through everything and don't, don't show up. So, so this guy said that um, he discovered that, and then what else did he discover, Adam? He he discovered that they they could use this, this strange thing, this neutrino detector, and if they used it inappropriately, it would trigger an earthquake. Now he yeah. has a. He's a tad hazy on the actual mechanism as to how it triggers an earthquake because the, the interviewer did say, and how does that work? And he goes, well, they used it improperly. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but I don't know how a neutrino detector, which is a passive device, is going to trigger an earthquake. And then there was the um, elf, the elf, not the one on the shelf, but the... Extra low frequency, which he said they were using for 
they were using for communication. Now, I know they use things like that for communication with submarines and stuff like that. You're not supposed to be doing this on Antarctica because Antarctica is supposed to be science research only, not military. So why are all these Raytheon guys in Antarctica? Is America just completely ignoring the International Convention? Yes, I think they are. <laughs> but let's face it, there's nothing new there. America do that all the time, don't they? They do. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so there's, there's the elf, the inadvertently triggering earthquakes, um, plumbing, um, fire marshal, and then he found out about the, what was the, th the thought? What did he call it? The Intrusive thought yes. device. Intrusive thought device, in which, which he described as, you know how sometimes when you're driving along the road or you're talking to yourself and you go, well, John, what shall we do today? Well, I don't know. Maybe we shall do more. I, I don't really tend to do that much, but he says the intrusive thought device can implant an extra voice in there that sounds like you, but is controlled by someone else. Is that what happens to you, Adam? Do you hear these All voices? All the time. <laughs> do you hear these voices? I do. And what do they tell you to do? It's usually do the washing up, um, do mow, mow the lawn. <laughs> Your wife's like got access to this technology, hasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but but it gets even better. It gets even better than that, right? Because not only is it used for communication with submarines, it's also and, and yeah, I think this guy is bonkers, right? But this is quite recent. This is this is only like a month ago. You know, this guy's apparently a whistleblower, and he's t this is on the back of all this UFO stuff that's coming out. You know, so so what he says is the the use it the the use what is it quantum entanglement for faster than light communication? And you ask yourself, why do we need faster than light communication? Who are we talking to? And that's where he goes down the Gary McKinnon route. Do you remember Gary McKinnon, Scottish, okay. Scottish autistic guy that hacked the Pentagon way back before? I think it was even made before the movie War Games. In fact, I think War Games yeah, might have been. Part of um, how he uh, war games might have taken part of their inspiration from him, but anyway, so Gary McKinnon hacked the Pentagon and apparently came up with a list of people who were serving in the off-world navy, right? Not off-book, but off-world, and he assumed that that meant they were serving in space. And this guy says, so if we've got people serving in space. We need a way of talking to them, so that's why they need to use yeah. this quantum entanglement stuff to um, to do faster than light communication. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think this is all bullshit. <laughs> I I am actually quite worried by Americans, right? Because every single American seems to be at heart an actor, right? Every American you meet at heart can put on a facade, has this whole aura of being an actor, right? And and they all seem to be that. You never know if they're telling the truth or not. I think they've, been, they've grown up with so much Hollywood in them. That's true. 
right? That, <laughs> that I think, I think they, they can't tell the difference. No, I would agree with that. You guys never heard the browser there, did you? Why did you not hear the browser? Oh, what's going on? It appears the browser is not loaded. Anyway, we'll let it go for this one. All right, so, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> Ben's jealous. He wants your lighting. <laughs> we've, we've discussed this, Ben, before. It's just a couple of... It's just a couple of little LED uplighters, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You buy them £12 in... They've actually got them in Home Bargains. I think it's Home Bargains or B&M. Yeah, I think, I think Ben went to buy them and, you know, just failed miserably. I think... <laughs> the, 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 see, the difference is, Ben, Adam's got a pure white wall, right? Mm. Whereas you're trying to shoot it up something that's got a brick pattern to it and it's just not going to look the same. You know, you're not going to get the same spread. You're not going to get the same bounce back. So, I think if you want Adam's lighting, you're going to have to. Um, you're going to have to say. You're going to have to change your actual backdrop first. Yeah. Anyway, so there we go. I think. Um, was there anything else that Hecker had done, Adam? Was there anything else? Um, just looking through, he's mentioned the Arrow Building. Oh yeah. What was that? What was that for? I think that was. Where they kept UFOs, by the looks of it. Oh right, <laughs> that's right. Because in one of his, he's got pictures of himself there as a plumber. Right, <laughs> one of the backdrops was a UFO hanging from the ceiling with two fake UFO inhabitants hanging out of it. Well, I'm assuming it's fake, but it it, it didn't look very big. You know, maybe the UFOs are tiny. Ah, so yeah, that was that's um that's Mr. Hecker, whistleblower to the stars. Yeah, it's just a bit. I just people like this. I just can't. I I just can't believe them. You know, people like Greg Braden. I kind of can. Graham Hancock. I kind of can. You know, I kind of kind of understand where they're coming from. They're making good points. They're backing it up with research and. And evidence of a of a of a form, um, certainly just as good as what regular you know uh, archaeologists come up with, I would say. And there's no reason to to dismiss their theories any quicker than you would dismiss a mainstream theory. So I don't think um, I don't think you know these people are 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 unbelievable, but this guy is unbelievable. These people that pop up. When something becomes like trendy, like the UFO thing, because that was in the news. When this guy appeared, that was all over the news, and this guy appears as a whistleblower. Yeah, sure he did. You know, just don't believe it. What do you think, Adam? He definitely, he definitely looks like he enjoys his jacket as well. He's he's keeping that jacket on, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, where are there? There are pictures of him. I bet every picture you find of Eric Hacker is is in the same. Jacket. No, he's not. He's not. He's got some really dodgy pictures when he's on Antarctica. Hold on, let's see if we can find them. Oh, and he goes on a bit. Did we mention the directed energy weapons that he was talking about? Yeah. Did, did we didn't we didn't mention the directed? We did mention it. 
Yeah, we did. The direct energy weapons were the um, earthquake weapons, weren't they? Oh, I thought the I thought the elf thing was the earthquake weapon. I thought the directed energy oh. weapon was completely different. I might be wrong. I don't think so. Oh, right, I think okay. the from what I saw on that video, um, <laughs> you were arguing about nonsense, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see? Right, so I'm I'm on Twitter earlier on, and there's there's somebody somebody who's actually all right on twitter posts this thing you know um if you know you know right that's what he puts in there's a tiktok video of chinese people putting blue stuff on the roof and i'm like you're kidding me on i mean you're kidding me on so of course i has to i have to reply with the the single house that survived in maui and this big part where every other house get burnt to the ground right and this guy yeah. This guy's house had a bright red roof. And I'm like, no, you actually want a red roof. You don't want a blue roof. So if you know, <laughs> you know. Did you see the um did you see the, the video that had been released of the Pentagon? The plane hitting the Pentagon? Yes. Yeah, very low. Can you see a plane? I saw something. That yeah, I saw made, something. But looked like a tube. <laughs> a white tube. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't see any wings or a tail, but apart from no. that, this, this you're telling me that a guy who trained on a twin-engine Cessna, right, flew a 767 at effectively zero feet across a lawn into a building at ground level and never left a mark and managed to punch a circular hole in something like five or six layers of the Pentagon, but managed to leave the wings and engines, well, I don't know where they went, they must have just disappeared, because they didn't leave, they didn't go in the hole, and they weren't in the lawn. So, I think it might have been a missile. I think that's... Yeah, I mean, the video been. I saw, the explosion was, was just as the nose cone touched the building yeah, yeah yeah i think there might it might have even been jiggery pokery because the the quality of it was abysmal mm, yeah that's what we got here that's an advert there was pictures of them and i should i should better prepare for these things shouldn't i people i should be more polished <laughs> <laughs> I should spend the whole ben day he, rather than just half the day getting ready for these talks. Ben says he sees a plane in the footage. Ben sees a plane in the footage, does he? Mm, he does, he does. At zero feet, doing 500 yep. knots. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. It's amazing, that. You know you can't fly a plane at that speed, at that height. You know why? Because the plane will do 500 knots. The plane will do 500 knots at 35,000 feet, right? But it will not do 500 knots at, at ground level or sea level because the air is too freaking thick. It would rip yeah. the wings off it at that speed. And the engines aren't powerful enough for it to fly at that speed. 
So how does a rocket do that then? How does a missile fly at that height? No, a rocket. What the a missile? Because it's mm. very small and it's you've got tiny wings. They've hardly got any wing yeah. in a missile if you think about it. So a cruise yeah. missile, a hypersonic missile, they've just got these wee stubby wings because they don't need a lot of lift. The whole, I think what they do is they use the body as a lifting mechanism, you know, like a Formula One car in reverse, right? So yeah. the body's keeping you up and they're just using the wee stubby wings for the odd course correction, that's all. But yeah, there's no way, there's no way, even, even without, you can't fly a plane along the ground like that. And, and you're telling me that, uh, an inexperienced pirate flew that perfect parabolic curve because it's it's a lovely curve. You see it, it, it go, comes in and it curves r right around and down and straight into the no way, no way. Missile used to depict the plane, maybe. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Definitely a possibility. Uh, mm. Right, so uh, Julie also says the bombs were already in situ, which would make sense because of the explosion happening just as the nose cone hit. Yeah. And it was a big explosion as well that looked like it had just gone off before the nose cone it touched was. the building. So. I'm pretty sure there's pictures of this guy. I think Ben believes the MSM on this one. Sorry? I think Ben believes the mainstream media on this one. Really? <laughs> I can't, you can't, you can't, oh, okay. I mean, I, he's I, not going to tell us, he's not, you know, believe, he's going to sit on the fence. Believe what you like, but <laughs> when, when a pilot turns around and says you can't, you can't fly that, you can't do that. Um, and you know when a pilot and more than one pilot has turned around and said you just cannot fly that it's, it's not flyable not on visual flight rules and not without experience there is no way no way someone that's had you know 10 hours on a Cessna is going to bring a 767 in like that no way I mean that's like that's like me asking you to drive a 38 tonner and park it you know and in, in between Two lorries with an inch clearance on either side. Could you do it? No. Probably not. You know. Crazy, crazy. Anyway, um, right. So, what else is happening in Antarctica? Uh, <laughs> a certificate of recognition. This is in recognition for outstanding support and commitment to the safety, to the safety goals of the Raytheon Polar Service Support Group at the South Pole Station, Antarctica, April the 4th, <laughs> 2013. What do you think of that? Huh? That's lovely. Well, it's got a gold seal on it, and it's got the same logo as he had on his, on his coat. So, yeah. You know, yeah, he's it's... kept that coat, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's taken yeah. that coat and said, this is my coat. I'm not giving this coat up. You got to wonder about the the Yanks as well because they have a badge for everything, don't they? I mean, <laughs> they, do. they have a badge and a medal for everything. <laughs> it's funny as well because these whistleblowers are always um, contractors. I mean, we had one at the the army who was a um, fencing contractor. Yeah, yeah, and he had a Windows Seven laptop and it got hacked, 
um, by the Chinese, and the Russians and the Chinese went in and <laughs> and did did whatever they pleased. Yeah. So why is why is Ben banging on about nine one one when we're talking about Antarctica? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And and remembered, of course, people remember that there's always a passport that survives so that it can prove there was a terrorist on board when you're doing the nine one one stuff. That was convenient, wasn't it? Wasn't it? That was handy. That oh, we found one of the hijackers' passports. It's always convenient as well when the hijackers turn up five years later in other places to say, actually, I wasn't on that plane. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell you much about that, do they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this guy had some really dodgy photos, but I can't find them. So I'm not going to bore you anymore with that. So, yeah. So what is what the hell is going on in Antarctica and why can't we go there? You know, why are we restricted? Why? You tell me. There was a mission, wasn't there, to Antarctica um, during the Second World War? I'm sure you talked about this before. Oh, yeah, Operation High Jump. Mm. Well, after yeah, the Second yeah. World War. Admiral Bob yeah. and Operation High Jump. Well, that, I mean, that was that was a cracking one because we covered that in the rabbit hole. That was... Um, that was Admiral Byrd took down a military expedition uh, with quite a large number of navy ships, including planes and everything. And um, they were they were set to go there for a year, and I think they came back after something like three months. Um, there were numerous different reports, but the weirdest thing was the admiral and his co-pilot went for a flight in one of the planes. And they disappeared for something like nine hours, right? But they only had six hours worth of fuel. Okay. But they came back. So they flew out and flew back. But they only had six hours worth of fuel, but they were away for nine. Mm, maybe they, they said, refueled in New Schwabenland. No, no. They said they landed <laughs> and were taken for a tour by the inhabitants of of a, a, a warm land where they had mm. hot springs and everything there. So there was vegetation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the whole thing's a bit strange. And this guy, this guy was well-respected as an explorer and as a, a military admiral, you know. So it's just a bit, um, just a bit weird. Just a bit mm. weird. It is. Have you heard about New Schwabenland? Yeah. Yeah, so the yeah. <laughs> here's the one. The Germans, the Germans are supposed to have a base there because the Germans did go to Antarctica because Hitler was a he, he really loved the supernatural shit, right? Because you, I mean, you, you know where the you know where the swastika and the black sun and all that come from. They come these come from these were all these were all well respected and well used symbols of oh. um, of good, not evil, but of good. And and Hitler adopted them because he thought that they would they would give him special powers when it came to fighting and things like that, you know, because he he obviously believed he was fighting on the side of good. Um and, and let's face it, most people when they're fighting think they're on the side of good. It's very rarely when you turn around and go, Are we the baddies? Yeah, you know? 
and <laughs> and I think I think as I've got older, I've come to question our our motives as in our motives being the UK, the USA, and most of the rest of the West. As are we really? Are we the baddies? And a lot of times, it looks like indications are yes, we are the baddies. But um, but there you go. Um, I'm just gonna there was ads coming up, so I've said it skip them. I'm just gonna skip the ads. So yeah, yeah I mean, the swastika is is a Hindu Hindu symbol. Um, he, he did invert it. That's correct. And the black hole sun is another well-known symbol um, that was used before. Finland had swastikas in its air force until 2019. Wow. Yeah, 2019, that was a symbol on the Finnish Air Force. So it was, it's, it's been used for, for many, many years, right? Mm. Um, and, and you see it in, in, in ancient buildings and things like that, you know, carved into them and stuff like that. So they, they, they went in search of something at the, the South Pole. Some may say it was like alien technology or something. I don't know, but. Yeah, One of the things I find quite interesting, John, is the U-530 and the U-977 U-boats yeah. um, that were found in Argentina yeah. in 1945 at the end of the war, yeah, yeah. which is fairly close to Antarctica, isn't it? Well, it is, um, but I, I'm pretty sure that Hitler lived out the last of his days in Argentina. I'm pretty sure. Mm. I mean, did you ever watch that Hunting Hitler thing? I'd watch Hunters with Al Pacino. That was great. I just watched Hunting Hitler. It was a I will. It was a kind of well, it's a kind of reality-based documentary thing, but it was actually quite good. And I mean, it was a bit dramatized and a bit Netflixy, but it's it, it's pretty good. And I'm pretty convinced that he made it to he made it to Argentina and lived out the last of his days there. I mean, you know, his brother lived out his days in Maine. Did he? William okay. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That's, that's, what, that's true. You hear that, yeah? Do you hear that, people? Yeah. I do. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's, he lived in Maine. And he, I mean, he, he, I don't want to do with him. He's, I've disowned him. He's not my brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, the new Schwabenland thing, and some say that the the, the Nazis had a base in New Schwabenland and, and an underground base, you know, with submarine access and all that, and they were forced to abandon it when they all. And this is the one that gets me: is they all got poisoned by bad polar bear meat. Right, well, hold on a minute. Whoa, just just <laughs> let's step back a bit, because you don't get polar bears in the Antarctic. There's no large mammal. There's no Mammals in the Antarctic. There's only penguins. Mm. They're not mammals, they're birds, right? And, and other than that, there's only seals and they're in the water, right? There's no polar bears in Antarctica. So how did they get poisoned by bad polar bear meat? Did they go and hunt polar bears in the North Pole and take them to the South? Of course they would, because oh. their flying saucer thing, their bell thing, would just zip between the two poles like that, wouldn't it? I mean, we're now we're now going down flights of fancy indeed, aren't we? <laughs> we are. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, that was New Schwabenland, and, and 
And then you, you you look at um you look at the John Carpenter movie The Thing, that was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It was. And you could believe something like that happening. Yeah, you could. Well, they regularly find new organisms, don't they, underneath the ice? Well, they have. Yeah, I mean, they've got like mm. what they found things like spiders with bodies the size of dinner plates. <laughs> yeah, that's not a spider. You want to come across? <laughs> I mean, it's a sea spider, right? But even so, a body the size of a dinner plate. No, thank you. Ben would have a <laughs> Ben would just melt, wouldn't he? He would. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and and strange um, translucent fish that you can see right through that don't have any hemoglobin in their blood. So I'm not quite sure how they work, but they don't have hemoglobin. They're translucent. You can see right through them, and they have a glycol in their bloodstream, so they don't freeze. Yeah, yeah. So, but they can't live in warm water, so they can only live in the cold water. But fish, fish are clever, aren't they? I mean, there, there are lots of different types of crazy fish that live in all sorts of environments. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, I know, I know. There's some weird, there was some really weird. I mean, there's weird things everywhere. And then Mount Erebus, the volcano. So the vo the volcano the. I think it's the most southerly active volcano, three thousand eight hundred meters high or something like that. But it's um, it's um, they found strange microbes and bacteria and things living at at the vents and things because it's warm. So you get this mm. pocket of life where there's some warmth. And I mean, one thing I've it. just spotted, John. What Operation Windmill, which was in nineteen forty-seven to forty-eight, uh -huh. was um. American, and they took seventy thousand aerial photographs. How now, many? why are none of those seventy thousand photographs of Antarctica? Yeah. Why are none of those photographs on Google Maps? National security. Hmm. <laughs> and they nuked it as well, didn't they? They nuked what? They nuked it in August and September nineteen fifty-eight. Three nuclear explosions were detonated by the United States as part of Operation Argos over the South Atlantic, at north of Antarctica to the southwest of South Africa. These were high-altitude bursts and might be expected at the time of the height of the Cold War. Were shrouded in secrecy, though they were reported soon afterwards in nineteen sixty-one. I didn't know that. That's mm. new. That's, 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 see, every day is a school day. I didn't know that one because I thought. I thought they were trying to keep Antarctica pristine. I mean, there, I, I watched a, a, something else about Antarctica uh, earlier today, and there was guys literally in like forensic suits, right? Because they were drilling into a lake. But I mean, oh my God, forensic suits in the middle of an ice field in the middle of Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> they're dressed up with masks and everything on and it's like oh my god it's just it's just like they take things too far so anyway i hope you've enjoyed this little journey down south to the bottom of the world i mean we say that at the bottom but there is no up or down is there unless there is an up and down <laughs> Anyway, um, are we done? I think we have covered pretty much everything and a bit extra as well. Yeah, yeah, and a little bit extra. I, I think that's that's been enough. That's we've we've had a reasonable 
a reasonable night and a little chat about Antarctica. I think it's been okay. Um, the next rabbit hole, I don't know actually, um, because we forgot to do anything about it. And what I said to Ed was he could have a free choice since um, since he's been a good boy and he's showing his face and things like that. So um, Ed's got free choice. It was his birthday weekend there, so he was away. I think he was away to Holland or something like that to visit his family. Um, so I'm pretty sure you'll um, you'll come up with something over the next couple of days and let me know, and then I'll uh, I will inform you, good people. I will inform you of what the next rabbit hole is, which will be a week on Thursday. Um, there we go. It is nice to see Adam again. Is. Okay, and else, and else, <laughs> troll room. I think we've covered everything. I think we have. Yes, there's lots more to talk about, but you know. That'll be another day. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about different things at different times. Yeah. Right, thank you very much, Adam. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And for you out there, thank you for attending this, a special episode as we went down to Antarctica with Adam. It's been great for you. Because I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, I'ma do shit my way So you can go kick rocks I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make Yo, I got a lot of shit to say So I'ma do this every day I'll be writing things until I'm fucking buried in my grave Six feet deep, wonder but my body won't decay Cause my messages are timeless so they'll put them on display Oh yeah, I rap with a certainty I have a sense of urgency A message for eternity for everyone internally I had some people burning me But now they fucking learn to see I ain't the one to fuck with Now they looking nervously And I don't really care Shit my way So you can go kick rocks I'ma stack bricks up there.